I want to start a series, and I want to preach through the Christmas story. And uh, I want to talk about an unstable Christmas uh, over these weeks. And I don't know it's kind of a play on words, but I, I want you to get it's the, the greatest story ever told. I, I mean, we're, we're talking um, the birth of Jesus and, and the fact that it was a silent night. And I, I mean, just all the beauty. We paint this picture to be beautiful. And it, I mean, it was. But I, I guarantee you, Mary and Joseph, when they're in this timeline, would look at this and say, whoa, you guys have no idea what we went through. But we're, we're more over here, and we look back at the story and say, wow, look how awesome, amazing, and beautiful that was. But from their perspective, they're looking at this and say, nothing went right. And if, we, if they were to tell you the story, they'd say, Tony, nothing went right. It wasn't, it wasn't beautiful, it wasn't great, and, and we, I, I want you to turn in your Bibles, not to Luke, and not to Matthew, we'll get to those here in a minute, but to Romans. Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at the Christmas story from the perspective of Romans chapter 8, and then I'll teach a little bit on this, and then we'll get into the Christmas story, and we'll tie it together. But I guarantee you, some of you here today have felt like you are the... Um, unwanted stepchild of of God sometimes you know what I'm saying you feel like you're almost a scene from Cinderella where you're sitting there doing the chores and serving God and doing all these things and you look around and think man Lord why is it that everybody else has all these great things going and I end up with like the jobs and the work and the problems it's easy easy to feel overlooked or that's the question I get this a lot if God is so good and he's the ultimate example of good. And I've got God with me and I walk with God. Then why aren't I experiencing the goodness of God all the time in my life? It's the same principle when we read about the, the principle of reaping what you sow. You say, I'm, I'm sowing faithfulness and I'm being good and I'm following God and I'm trusting. I'm sowing those things. Shouldn't I be reaping those things? But life doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes it just gets very discouraged and then you read the bible and you're saying man look at these great people in the bible joseph was sold into slavery and think about uh job losing everything and john the baptist he was executed just on display as if it was just a, it was entertainment you read through the life of paul paul says that i was shipwrecked i was i was beaten i was i, I was stoned i was rejected of my own people and all these things and there's a verse that is not part of the Christmas story, but I, I believe that it describes the Christian, Christmas story uh, completely. It's one of the most quoted verses for believers. It's Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to understand, Lord, why the story seemed to be so unstable. Lord, why it seemed to be in disarray. And Mary and Joseph would testify of the challenges and the problems that they faced constantly. And Lord, help us to understand that, Lord, their life is no different than our life. We walk with you. We're on a path to follow you. We want to do your will. But that doesn't mean life is always easy. So, Lord, help us to understand, Lord, what you're teaching us through life every day. Pray this in your name. Amen. Now, it says all things work together for good. It doesn't say all good things. 
Because we associate, well, this is good. I got a raise. God is good. But then all of a sudden we come into something bad and we're like, God, where'd you go? Because this is bad and you're good. So if you're good and this is bad, that can't be God. And it doesn't make sense to us. We know this verse right here I'm quoting. And we know that's us. All right. We know this, guys. We know as Christians that God is in control and we know that he goes before us and we know that he stands with us. We know these things. So you can identify with this verse and say, all right, I'm in this thing. I I get it, that God controls everything. But I want to apply this verse to the Christmas story over the next four weeks. Let's start down here. Not down here, but let's start down here. And guys, I'm going to tell you, for me, and, and I promise for you, this is good. We, don't even, we won't even use the word good. I mean, for us, we're, we're not going to say this is good. We, we say more like this is amazing. This is indescribable. This is awesome. This is breathtaking. This is, this is all these amazing things. But all of this, this storyline that we're telling through this, back over here at the beginning of it, they would look over there and say, this is not good. This is not great. This is not the way it was supposed to be. Lord, this is not just because we understand that all of these things work together for good to them that love God according to his purpose. This, this was that purpose. For for you to understand, every time you see the baby in a manger and the baby that laid among the lambs and the shepherds that came, he came to be the lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. All of this did work together for good. It was amazing. And it was good. He came to save all of us. That represented that he was saving the world, defeating Satan and and overcoming death, hell, and the grave. But over here, they had no clue. You know why it's so easy for us to love and embrace the Christmas story? Because we look at it like this. We look at it and say, yep, the whole thing was great. The same way that you in your life can look back at some aspects of your life, and if you can imagine it like this, man, at the beginning of that marriage or that relationship, at the beginning of that sickness, at the beginning of that job loss or whatever, you're thinking, this is not good. But somewhere along the line, man, when God works and you look back as a Christian, you look back and say, wow, what an awesome God, what an amazing God, what an amazing journey, how faithfulness. All the goodness of God. But we don't get that at the beginning. So we see this. It says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called. I know that this means those that are the called, okay? The Christians, the called out, the believers, the followers of God. But I also know this, that Mary and Joseph, it was not just a randomly thing. Ah, oh, we'll choose them. He said, you you have been well favored by God. Literally meaning that I have chosen, I've chosen Mary, I've chosen Joseph. Whoever's here today, let me tell you, whatever your journey of what you're facing in your life, it's not random. If you're on this path, we, we need to point that out. Those that are called according to his purpose that are on his path. If, if this is your path to Mary and Joseph, but Mary and Joseph said, honey, we're going this way. Forget this. This isn't all going to work together for good. That's where a lot of people mess this up. They're on this journey and God says, wait, 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 wait. I need you on this journey. When we get off and you're sitting there, my life is miserable. And your teen's saying, man, everything doesn't add up. And 
You, you have to remember whose path you're following. Because if you're on your path and you're wondering why everything's falling apart, remember, he didn't say all your things work together for good. His path works together for good. According to what he has called us to do. So on this journey of life, he's working all things together. But I want to I bring it home. I want us to walk out of here saying, all right, what about me? Because I'll tell you, that's a challenge for a pastor. We read the Christmas story and we're thinking, man, the Christmas story is a story of salvation. I'm saved. I've got all the Christmas story. But I think there's a lot more that we can apply to our lives from the Christmas story. So I'm going to do this in the form of questions this morning. So on this journey of life, as he is working all things together for good, and we all say, that's how he works? All right, then here's your question. Do you trust God in the changes? Do you trust God in the changes? Because I promise you, this is what God does. In order for Mary and Joseph to end up there, and along the way, even we don't even know what happened to Joseph, other than the fact that he, God must have taken him home. And and Mary, she was told that she has to watch her son die. I mean, this was not an easy journey. This was not comfortable. This was not exciting at times. I guarantee there was blessings. But in order for God to get them there, Mary and Joseph would probably testify and say, if you you were to sit them down and say, what are your plans? Mary would not say, well, I plan on getting pregnant by the Spirit of God. And uh, I think I'm just going to uproot my family and, and, and move when I'm great with child. And I guarantee you that's not what their plans was. But when God showed up in that life and their day, God said, I'm going to change everything right now. Let me ask you, you, you say, I'm following God. I'm doing the things of God. When God steps into your life to change everything, what is your reaction? What is your response? See, the thing is, sometimes God has to change your plans to fit his plans. And sometimes we want everything to work together for good, but we have to trust his plans if we want to get to his plan, if we want to be used in that way. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and now we'll get into the story. We'll still make application. We'll still be going back to Romans. But I, I tell you, they, they would probably tell you, well, I don't know all the details of it, but they, they planned to be married. They were engaged. Uh, they probably planned on having a baby at some point. Uh, that was part of their culture and carrying on uh, their name and, and you know, passing down uh, their legacy. Their, uh, maybe, maybe his uh, skill of make, being a carpenter, those types of things. Uh, she probably planned on having, mo- I mean, there, there was a lot, just they're no different than you and I. Planning out their wedding and where and what and how. You guys realize that in this verse we're about to read, everything changed everything. Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. Let me, let me put it the way we would say it. Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. When, as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And we say, oh wow, how amazing. And you say, wow, this is Christmas. Do you guys realize they didn't look at it as Christmas? You know, Mary didn't walk in to Joseph to tell him the news and say, hey, baby, Merry Christmas. What does that mean? Oh, it means that they didn't get that part. This was all new for them. This was not their plan. Actually, this was difficulty. It was extreme difficulty. Everything in their life was going to change. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust God when he changes your plans? You think about it. 
Actually think right now in your life something that God's changing and you're fighting it. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, when things are going wrong or I'm losing a child or, you know, my child's going wayward and you don't go out. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you are doing everything according to what God wants and God is moving you in another direction, what is your response to that? As amazing as this all is, I can remind you that a woman that was pregnant before she was married, according to the Old Testament, was to be stoned. So, to sit there and say, I'm with child, and I'm the only one that knows about it, and I have to go and tell people about it. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? When you're thinking, man, I know God's in control, and I know God's got, got a plan, but this is really bad, because I've got to explain how I'm pregnant and unmarried, and I've got to know that the law says that I should be killed. And there's different variations of the law that I looked at and stuff, but regardless, it was not looked upon as being good whatsoever. So how did the story really go? Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, just means he was an innocent man. He was a good guy. He was a righteous guy. The reason that God chose Mary and Joseph, because God's saying, you know what, they're they're vessels that I could bless and use in this way. Not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So before you get all spiritual on me, let, let, let me just put it like this. You can imagine that conversation. Joseph, I need to talk to you. Okay, what's going on? I'm pregnant. I'm just going to ask you guys, any guy here whatsoever. (laughs) You get that news and you're like, oh, that's wonderful. The Spirit of God. You know, you just, you're like, what? You got to understand something as well. Do you realize that this is the book of Matthew chapter 1? Go back. What's the last book? Malachi. 400 years of silence. From Malachi to this, it's not like everybody's walking around chanting the Messiah. And besides that, when they knew the Messiah was coming, nobody was expecting this. They were expecting a conquering king. Not not some teenage girl being pregnant and giving birth in a stable. It, it, It didn't add up. So to us, we look at it and say, wow, how beautiful. They're looking at, oh my goodness, what's going on? So you can imagine she told him. And what do you, how do you think that conversation went? And we say, well, I'm sure it was great. Well, wait a minute. How does a guy walk out and say, you know what? I'm divorcing her. Divorcement in the Bible days that I'm going to break off the engagement. Let me ask you, if you believe that she was telling the truth, would you be talking about breaking it off? So you know what? This is what I'm trying to tell you. He didn't believe her. And all of a sudden, this beautiful story was I just lost my fiance. My fiance now has a reputation of getting pregnant, or it could even be blamed on me. So if I walk away, it's like, wow, you get her pregnant and then walk away. If I stay with her, it's like, way to go, Joseph. You're not even married yet. Look at There was no win in this. We look at it and say, man, if God would just work in my life the way he did with Mary and Joseph and all these others, go walk in their shoes. Go step in their steps. He was saying, man, I I can't handle this. You know what? I'm going to respect her. I'm just going to, maybe maybe she's a little mental right now. I'm just going to do this privately. I'll I'll just say, hey, listen, if you want to have God's baby, you go for it. But I'm just going to bow out of this. She cheated on me. She's lying about it. And I've lost everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It is. 
from this angle. You're going to pick up on it as we go. I want you guys to get that a lot of you were back there. And one day you're going to look back and say, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't realize all the good God was doing the day that I lost my job. I didn't realize all the good that God was doing the day that I got that horrible news. I didn't realize all the good because in that moment it was not good. How do, let me ask you another question. Do you trust God when you get bad news? I, I, I know some of you right now that are waiting on test results. And um, I was just talking to Miss Shirley Phillips and her son is waiting Test to find out if he has colon cancer. And I mean, these are things that we're praying about. And just, you say, you, you get that. You, you put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Joseph would tell you, hey, I found out a lot of bad news. He said, well, wait, wait, wait. Hey, the angel came and told him that wasn't true. Yes. But let me ask you guys a question. Why didn't the angel just simultaneously go to both of them? Have you ever thought about that? And just said, oh, you know, I've got to tell Joseph, don't worry, we already told him. Wouldn't that have been a much better? Isn't it amazing the timing of God is everything that he does, even in the timing, is to teach us and to help us learn? So here's the second question. Do you trust God when he not only changes things in our life, but when he challenges us in our life? See, all things, let me put it like this. All things are challenges and problems that we face in our life. Ever ask yourself the question, why is life so hard? Seriously, why, why, why is money always tight? Why is it so hard to raise kids? Why is communicating with your spouse or communicating with your family or just going home for Christmas and, da -da, and you're thinking of all these things, why is that so hard? Hey, you, you just think, why? I, I want to put it like this. After I tie my shoe, because I am going to fall on my face. <laughs> Thinking, how can I discreetly do this? Think about this. I, I, I want you guys to understand. You guys, most of you guys know the Christmas story, okay? We've got Herod killing babies. There's no room in the inn. You, you, you know, all, all these different things that, that he left his, his income of woodworking to be on the road. He's traveling with a woman on donkey or, or however they went. All these other things. Let, let me just put it like this. This road of life is paved with problems. Can, can I just get everybody to understand that? The road of life is paved with problems. You say, well, not if God's in it. That's why God came. You've you got to understand, He came because the road of life is paved with problems. And we've got this whole thing that if, if God is good and God is great, why am I uh, having all these problems? Let me put it like this. I, I go home for Christmas. And actually, we go home for New Year's. But when Christmas is done and all the hoopla, we have candlelight and all those things. Then the following week, my, my wife and family and, and Dave and his family, we all, we all go down to Alabama. And let me tell you, it, it is, it's fun. It's good. Everything about it is great. Man, I, I'm telling you, I get into a car to do go to a great place with people that I love to accomplish good things and enjoy celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ with my family. And I start off with my family. But let me tell you, along the way of life, we, we've had crazy things that we got locked out of our car one time. On the way to Christmas, three hours, somewhere in Hickville, the only thing around was a fireworks station, okay? 
There's only so many times you can walk around a fireworks station and shop for three hours. One time we, we were driving home and there was a, a, a rock slide and we had to go back roads for like 45 minutes out of our way. One day we were traveling home on Christmas, Christmas Day. I thought it was all good. I said, babe, we're going to stop and have the best meal we've ever had. Celebrate Christmas. We ended up going to BP and having beef jerky and combos. Nothing was open. We have had flat tires. We have had all, you know, road construction. We have gone where the, the blizzards have gone in and we ended up going 10, 15 miles per hour through, through long stretches and things like you, you say, why is that? Because here's the simple thing. Sometimes to get where we want to go, we have to travel that road. That is not easy. Because let me tell you about this world. It is cursed. It was cursed all the way back from Adam, the day that you were born to the day you die. In this world, it is cursed. And along this life, there is going to be problems. For people to sit there and say, why, if God is so good, God says, you know what? I brought you to help fix the problems and help people through the problems. Life's path is paved with problems. You say, that's unfair. No, life is unfair. That's right. Life is unfair. And if you're sitting there thinking that Jesus is some sort of happy pill that makes makes all the problems go away, you don't understand God. Let me tell mom and dads here, God has blessed you with kids. But let me tell you, that road is not easy. God is good, but the road is not. Can I put it like that? God is good, but the path of life is not. That's why I don't want to face the path of life without God. We serve a good God in a bad world. People, people understand, it's just, man, why if God is so good, we serve a good God in a bad world? And I'll tie this together here in a minute. But let's transition from, from Matthew to Luke. It's the second part of, of the story. Same story, same part of the story. But I want to continue just from a different perspective. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. Now listen to this. And Joseph also went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth and to Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with his spouse's wife. Listen to this. Great being great with child. Have you ever gone up to a woman or known a woman that was great with child? Now, I know we don't use those phrases. I learned this the hard way about pregnant women. See, pregnant women will post on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. And, and they'll, they'll, you know how they do where they, they pull their shirt and they take the picture and they're showing. And it will say like four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. So I thought it was cool to get bigger. I, I just, I'm digging a hole right now and I should just stop. I should just stop right now. And so I remember I was 20-some years old. I was a youth pastor here at the church. And there was a girl that grew up in our youth group. And she's married and she's having a baby. And she was great with child. And I just went up to her and I just said, wow, you are huge. And uh, let me tell everybody here right now, you never say those words to a pregnant woman. And here, with all honestly, I say this with all my heart. I thought it was a compliment. Because she was, you know, that, that glow and pregnant and, uh, you know, everything like that. And, 
I know everybody's glaring me down. I promise I thought I was doing good with that. Mary was great with child. And it was so that while they were there in those days that it was accomplished that she should be delivered. Ever have bad news at a really bad time? And I I know you guys are saying, I know this. You think about the timing of this. Could God not have given her the Son of God in in everything that went on? Could could God not have done that like just two months later? You you think about it. If the timing would have went on and said, hey, we'll have the baby and we can go. Or if it would have been two months before and all the different things about it. How do you react when you get bad news? How do you react in life when the timing is not good. He say in life when we get so upset and saying this, this could not have happened at, at a worse time. But you know what usually happens in life as we look back and say, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. But at this angle right here, we're thinking, oh my, oh my, why? We don't get it. See, everything that God was doing He was doing for our good. Every bit of the story, every day, every second, every moment, every speck of this was perfect. Can you imagine Joseph having to go tell Mary that and just say, hey, I'm from the lineage of David. Um, I've got this decree. Here's what it says. Well, what are you saying, Joseph? Just come out with it. We've got to go on a trip. And you're great with child. God's timing is always right. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. God's timing is always right. And I tell you, in the seasons of life, and I'd hate to even throw out things, but I tell you, it's amazing how even when God chooses to take someone home, our minds cannot comprehend. When God chooses to give us an illness or sickness or problem, whatever it is, our minds cannot comprehend. That's why I'm theming through all of this, do you trust God? Because as our Heavenly Father, when He says all things work together for good, He is a good Father that wants good for you, that does all things for our good. It doesn't mean that everything is good. He means everything works together for good. And now they're driving, or driving, now they're riding To Bethlehem. And you think about what happens. Everyone is gathered there for the census. And the Bible says in Luke 2 verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger. Because there is no room for them in the end. Now we look at that aspect of the story. And say how beautiful. How sweet. Can you imagine being Mary saying. You want me to stick my baby where? I've got to have a baby Where? Yeah, you know, Joseph coming back, honey, how did that go? Honey, nothing, nothing. How do you react to God when he brings you to a dead end? What do you do? And you say, well, I just get mad and I just say, God, what have I done wrong? And why are you picking on me? And God, you don't like me. And da, 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 all these things that we do. And God is just saying, oh, I've got a plan. And generations to come will look back on this day and this night and know that I was God and know why and where and when and how. It drove them to having a baby in the hay and laying them in a stable 
the Son of God was born in a stable, would that not make you as a father feel like a failure? Think about it. I had one job. I had one job. I wasn't going to get her a, a, a fancy place or a, a this. I just needed something. And I have failed to where the Son of God, God, I'm sorry. This, your son is born in, in hay. Sorry. Have you ever thought that, man, when you get into it and you just realize that all things work together for good and God has a plan, that you're not failing? You know, many of us in life, we feel so, well, honey, I didn't get the job. I'm worthless as a man. Honey, I, I, I wasn't able to work out the deal and the house in itself. I'm just, and God's saying, whoa, whoa. Your house and you and your family belong to me. Stay on this path that you're having. Realize that all these things work together. The good, the bad, and the ugly works together for good. The Son of God is born in a stable. Do you trust God when things don't make sense? I'm going to just ask you guys right now, what in this story makes sense? What makes sense? I'm going to be honest, none of it. (laughs) None of it. None of it makes sense. But I tell you, it doesn't make sense that God would die on a cross either. It doesn't make sense that God would choose two teenagers. It doesn't make sense that God would choose a manger in hay. It doesn't make sense until we look back and we think, how amazing. How amazing. See, I'm not much of an art person. But back when I was a youth pastor, we were redoing the teen class. It was like forever ago. And um, we did a project in the teen class, uh, Lori Bias. We, we, we did this. She said, I've got an idea for writing teens out on the wall. And we took broken tile. I didn't even know any of this thing. And she, she was the brains behind it. And it was called Mosaic. And uh, it's Mosaic, right? Okay, I don't want to blow my whole illustration. And what you do is you take broken tile and you begin to put it on the board and be able to take all these broken pieces and you form a picture. You form what it was going to be. And I started thinking how amazing that is through what God does in our lives and in this. Of how God came for our brokenness and how God comes with us and we're walking with God because we're called according to his purpose. Another word for called in the Greek is called invited. We're invited to his purpose. I, th- I think of when Jesus called the disciples and said, follow me. You know, he's, come, come here, let me, can I show you something? And I know what I'm going to show you is not going to make sense. And it's going to be crazy and chaotic at times. But I'll tell you, it's all going to work together for good. If you love me. If you know that you're called according to my purpose and it's not about you. And as we in this life follow God. And we get to a tragedy. Because let me remind you that this road is paved with problems. And this road is paved with death and sickness and cancer. And we come to, let, let's just play, put it out there. We come to cancer. And God reaches down and says, you know why it's broken? You know why life is broken? Because it's sin. And it's tragedy and it hurts. And God comes to us and says, can, can, can we use, can I have your cancer? Now, it doesn't say that it always works together at that moment for good, but the the compilation of it works together for good. 
It all comes together for good. It's, it's not that that moment, and sometimes we're looking for divine healing or change or to walk out and say, I have no cancer. And God's saying that sometimes it doesn't always work that way because this world is cursed, and so death passes upon all men. It's a reality. But then God takes that cancer and he puts it into your story. And then he, he takes that child getting sick when you're frustrated and doing everything right and he puts it into your story. And God takes those different things and he puts it into your story. And at the end of it, we see Jesus Christ. We see it all. Because none of this made sense going up to there that the manger and Jesus and Mary and everything going on would paint the most incredible picture. And right now, God is taking the brokenness of your life and making a beautiful, beautiful picture out of it. To those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose, I want to close by summing up the story. You see, looking back, looking forward, it's whoa, okay? It's like, whoa, God, why? Why? Imagine Mary on the, on the donkey, it's like, Lord, why? But looking back, it's like, wow, wow. I'd imagine it was probably somewhere around when they found the tomb empty. <laughs> and Jesus is in his glorified body and he returned. That's the wow moment of wow, I had no idea. And for us, you say, well, I knew. Well, yeah, you've got the full gospel story. They didn't. And somewhere God said, you know what? I've got to change your direction because I made a prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So I need you over here. Come on. But Lord, Lord, over here. And see, he came to be the Lamb of God. That's going to take away the sins of the world. He didn't come to be a conquering king. He came to be a humble servant. So close the door, close the door, close the door. That's where I want the baby born right there. And God gets them and changes them. God provides and I have no... Food, I have no money, we're broke, Lord. And all of a sudden, three guys, or whatever it was, knocks on the door and gives them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And all of a sudden, everything that was bad, we look back now and see that it led to the good. And God was creating this entire beautiful picture that we call the Christmas story for our good. I'm, I'm glad for that. But what's God doing in your story right now? Because every one of us, if you're saved, you're called according to His purpose. And you're on a path that is paved with brokenness and hurt and frustration. But let God work all things together for His good. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me tell you right now. This is not easy to face. And too bad you couldn't jump forward in time and flip around and look back and say, oh, Lord, that's why. Hey, Lord, Lord, if you just told me, if, if it could be like reading a book where you flip to the last chapter and say, okay, I can read with ease now. I know it all works out. But see, that's not living by faith. See, Mary and Joseph had to live by faith. They had to trust God by faith. He had to trust God when there was no way and they didn't know what was going to happen you walk in by faith right now because I tell you, God will, God will push you out of your comfort zone. God, God might right, right now be moving you to another city where this is the city that he moved you to. 
and saying, God, why? God said, just trust me. You get bad news. Joseph, I'm pregnant. What? How do you react to bad news? Say, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm following God and I got this bad news. Could it be that God's going to work that out for good? Could it be that God's doing something amazing through that right now?